Thanks for stopping by and checking out the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. A very special episode here to start season three of the podcast. It's our first ever live episode. This was recorded up the Gunflint Trail on January 11th, 2020 at the Gunflint Mail Run, a sled dog race of the Gunflint Trail. So the entire episode today was originally broadcast live over the WTIP airwaves. That's the community radio station where we produce the Boundary Waters podcast. And then we're taking that, and that's what today's episode is. So it's the same format, just also happened to be live, live recording of the podcast. Also want to make a quick note that we have started a new element on our Patreon page. That is a website where you can access, get more information, be very interactive with the podcast, uh, Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, if you just type WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast and Patreon into Google, you'll find it very easily. Uh, We've started something called the Canoe Copia Tripper Sponsor Patron uh, Level. You can support the podcast travel fund to get to events like Canoe Copia, where we will spread the word about the podcast, meet uh, all of the people that listen, and, and it's just a means for you to be directly involved with the podcast So Patreon, we have additional access where you can only hear content, video, audio, photos from our trips and that are shared by people who are involved with the Boundary Waters podcast. It's the only place you can get it is on this Patreon site. So check that out. And if you join at the Canoe Copia Tripper level, uh, we've got all kinds of interesting, really cool features for you there too. So it's a great episode uh, coming up today, the first ever live episode, and it was from the Gunflint Trail. So it's uh, just a whole lot of interesting things coming your way. Support for today's episode comes from North Star Canoes. I'm Claire Porter, wife of North Star's general manager, Barry Paulson. North Star Canoes are designed with stability and seaworthiness in mind. That makes them safe in rough water when the wind howls and whitecaps dance. Most canoeists try not to paddle in those conditions, but sometimes you need to cross a big lake. And when you're in the middle of brule or snowbank, it's not the time to wish you were in a safer canoe. North Stars are easy to paddle on glassy days and safe to paddle on rough ones. Rent a North Star at over 25 different BWCA outfitters or purchase a new one from over 15 retailers in the Midwest. North Star Canoes, helping you share wonder with your family. I'm proud to support the BWCA and this Boundary Waters podcast on WTIP. Online at NorthStarCanoes.com. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experience were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. Oh, and in the deep dark blue come the northern lights. 
Welcome to a very special live episode 25 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I'm Matthew Baxley. And I'm Chelsea Lloyd. We are broadcasting live on the edge of the wilderness on the Gunflint Trail at the Gunflint Trail Mail Run. It's so exciting to be here, Matthew. Could you describe a little bit about what we're looking at right now? Well, it's a beautiful morning uh, surrounded by deep snowdrifts, beautiful balsams and spruce trees with a thick blanket of snow covering them in the most picturesque of settings. Uh, Large uh, trails plowed out for a very special event uh, that began bright and early this morning. Bright and early. You and I and Joe Fredericks, we made our way up the Gunflint Trail. It was a little icy, and but the sun is shining, and it's so good to be here with you, Matthew. It's great to be here with you, too, and all of you, our listeners. You know, here at the on the Gunflint Trail at the Mail Run, uh, if you would have been here an hour ago, and some of you were here uh, a little over an hour ago, joining CJ and Matthew Brown, and you heard the yip-yap, the chatter of anxious anticipation of sled dogs to uh, launch into their mail run race. Uh, There was a clamoring of folks, volunteers, racers, handlers. And at this point, it is almost silent. As most of you know, uh, the shores of Poplar Lake to be almost any other time of year. It is pretty silent and still. It is a stark contrast to how it was not too long ago. That is so true. Just across from us, uh, right on the banks of the poplar, is a large fire. People have been huddling around all day trying to stay warm because temperatures on this particular day in northern Minnesota on the edge of the wilderness is well below zero. Uh, On the uh, truck dash, read negative 20 as the sun came up uh, over the uh, Spear National Forest. And right now, it feels real toasty. Today we're joined by some very special guests. Uh, Here in a few moments, I'm going to be speaking with uh, a couple of personalities who have been with us throughout our journey here on the podcast. It's Gabby and Warner, uh, fondly known uh, by us as the Germans, who were on our very first episode of the podcast and uh, again went ice fishing with Joe uh, at the uh, onset of year two and are joining us again here the onset of year three. And what's coming up after that, Chelsea? Well, Matthew, I'm pretty excited and thrilled to talk with Anastasia. Um, She is a gal who moved up from Houston and kind of left behind for a little bit her stressful day job. And now she's been enjoying time. You know, she's living with a local musher. And what's really cool about her story is the way she found out about this place and decided to to move up here for a bit is she was on a trip in the Boundary Waters. That's not of any surprise. <laughs> it is definitely a selling point. You know, it's. I agree. Anybody who's really spent time in the Boundary Waters there's that feeling of wanting to come back and and spend more time so pretty excited to talk to her and hear about her experience so far you know for we're launching a third year of this podcast and i think the greatest honor that we've we've been able to have is the sharing of stories and the way that our storytelling is such a important fabric of our human uh condition and our human experience and uh chelsea i'm wondering uh 
I know you are a unique host for our podcast in the sense that you do a lot of traveling and moving around, and um, it's a pleasure to welcome you back up to the wilderness. What's it like to land into deep winter? Uh, what's the story for you today? <laughs> the story for me today, man. Well, I drove up last night from the, the, the Twin Cities, and man, it was just like... It was like coming home, Matthew, and looking around and seeing the pine trees with heavy snow. That's not something I see all the time, even though, you know, the weather's similar down down south, I like to say. It's a, it's a little different climate and feel, and yeah, it's hard to pinpoint, pinpoint the feeling, but there's definitely a feeling of being up north, and it's just so nice to feel that again. I like that coming home uh, idea, and, uh, you know, for, for us, we get the opportunity to bring a lot of people home to this place uh, just through this this podcast and these broadcasts uh, not just uh, for the Boundary Waters but the WTIP station in general uh, it's a real uh, it's a part of how we get to uh, come back here even when we're not physically here um, and you know so that's what we're going to do today uh, and in just a moment uh, we're going to take a short interlude and we're going to bring on uh, Gabby and Warner here in just a moment um, who I'm actually going to be meeting for the very first time today, uh, and it's a, quite an honor. So stick around, and we'll be right up to hear uh, more of their story. If you are just tuning in, you are listening to a live broadcast, uh, the Gunflint Mail Run, and the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. It is my deep and sincere, sincere honor to welcome back Gabby and Warner, fondly known by us as the Germans. Welcome back to the Gunflint Trail and welcome back to the podcast, you two. Yeah. Thank you very much. Welcome. It's, it's great to see you both finally in person. How is it to be back up the Gunflint Trail on the edge of the wilderness? It's a great feeling. We love it so much and we realized this year that it's the 24th year, winter. Of winter, we are here at the Gunfriend Trail. 24th anniversary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. That's an anniversary we're celebrating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But th this year, the weather is perfect. Mm. Lots of snow, not so cold. Instead of today, oh, today. <laughs> today it's very cold. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the last days, it was perfect to, to, to ski outside. When I think back uh, on your story of your first winter excursion up here and all the mishaps that happened and uh, the debacles of getting here and getting your skis here and finally landing. Uh, do you, have you worked out the kinks at this point in this uh, 24th year? Are things going smoothly now? Yeah. Now it's perfect. And now we plan everything and it's, yeah, it's like com coming home when we come to the Gunflint and... That's it, and it is for all of us as well. Uh, you know, for those of uh, for those of our listeners who haven't had the opportunity to meet you, uh, maybe haven't listened to um, one of our past episodes, can you briefly uh, introduce yourselves? Would you mind uh, a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, I'm. We both are physician. I'm specialized in gynecology and obstetrics, and I've had my own office in, in Germany. And since 
November 2018, I retired. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yes. So I have more time to come up to Minnesota and to the country. <laughs> yeah, and I'm uh, anesthesiologist in a, a private uh, practice and I'm retired too, but I'm semi-retired because uh, I'm doing the job when my colleagues are ill or have problems with their children and so I work now I have to work from uh, mid-January to mid-February between our vacations. Ah, so it's hard to pull you away from your, uh, your service to the people, it sounds yes. like. <laughs> you know, uh, it sounds, when I, when I think about your lives uh, out, away from the Gunflint Trail, away from the Boundary Waters Canary Wilderness, uh, I imagine you two being very busy. Uh, especially still working even in retirement. Uh, I'm sure you have your own communities back home that you're deeply involved with. Uh, what, what is it about the lives that you live away from this place? What is it about that life that makes this so special for you? Okay, at home, when we go to our cross-country area, there are 300 to 400 cars parking at the parking lot, and all the people are in the, in the trails. And here you can ski and meet maybe 10, 10 guys a day. And that's, that's perfect. The quiet, yeah, no hassle up here. So, and when you, you are working and hurrying and looking for everything, and you have no real peace in, in your feeling. And you come to this place it's relaxing and it's such a good feeling and you have the nature and it's really nature it's not a nature where are a million of people hiking or skiing and it says it's not loud it's yeah it's it's peaceful it it is such a contrast to for for many people including those of us who live up here and we have our busy professional lives and our families, um, that contrast between um, the hustle of life and the complete removal of that into a more natural state of being and a more natural pace, I hear, I really hear that in what you're saying, that that draws you back. So you've been here uh, how long now for this trip? A few days? From December 28th to January 16th. Okay. Yeah, so this you've... is the longest time <laughs> we ever have had in winter. And that's perfect. We can thank your retirement for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So now that you've been here for a, a bit of time, how do you feel yourselves settling in? What, what's now shifting for you that feels good about being here? You, you can come down and relax and you forget the time and you have no problems mm. and you don't think about all the bad things around the world. You can really feel good and you meet friends and yeah, it's like coming home. How about for you, Warner? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful calm up here. And yeah, you can 
can get down with your when you when when I'm back at home I feel calm down until February or <laughs> mid of February mm. and then it's 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 busy again busy again yeah and this is your your first chance to have a break from that yeah <laughs> yes and you, all people are so so friendly and they help you doesn't matter what happened to you and uh, that's really good feeling uh, yeah i really relate to that you know co-host joe fredericks and i were having a conversation on the way up this morning about a a family member that had some issues with their car in a ditch <laughs> and you know most people when that happens it's you know get on the phone call AAA, call the tow truck uh to you know pay somebody to come rescue you and in this situation as so many of us know including you guys from a few of your uh, experiences up here you know a neighbor and their family came along and saved the day and there's that additional feel of that element up here and, and you guys have really cultivated that in uh, numerous relationships that you now have in northern minnesota that you get to revisit yeah. when you come here and all the people around are like like friends and you have everywhere a really good neighborhood mm -hmm. and you don't have to think about bad things and everybody will help you and yeah if you are in trouble you have friends i'd like to think that we can uh give credit to the wilderness for that because the wilderness keeps us real. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps us really real. <laughs> That's true. Now, I know you... Go ahead, Warner. You have to you have, to have friends in the wilderness. <laughs> yes. Because when you're uh, in, in summertime, when you're in the boundary waters, it's necessary that when you have an accident, that one day, two days later, comes somebody around and get your help. Yeah? Yes. Because no, no phone, no or nothing in the wilderness but I think we we never uh, are afraid of being in the wilderness because yeah someone will come and help us indeed it, you know I, I laugh regularly that I, I feel safer in the wilderness than I do on the streets in my car <laughs> and I think there's the truth to that uh, and there's a camaraderie of being out there uh, you know so it you, you two come up in the summertime to paddle, and you come in the winter to ski. And I, I heard that uh, you had um, a little bit of an upset in the last year, uh, Gabby. I think you had ha have had some... Uh, problems with the knee. Problems yeah. with the knee. And, and, you know, I think that's uh, an issue that a lot of people relate to. Uh, the, you know, when, when we are devoted to outdoor recreation, especially wilderness travel, we can only be as strong as our body lets us. And, and we run into hiccups. So what's it been like? What's been happening? What happened? And how are you still managing to uh, be your normal active self in the wilderness? When we go, when we go in the wilderness, we have, we have had no problem the last 20 years. I'm, I'm happy that we have <laughs> no problem. And, and the crazy thing is, when we stay at home, have our own bed, sometimes we have problem with the back or the neck <laughs> or the shoulder. We go out to the wilderness with a tent, sleeping bag. Nothing hurts. Everything no is pain. perfect. No pain. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's amazing, and and the, I feel like the body sinks into that space really naturally. So, have you gone through a recovery now for your knee so that you can? Yeah, I can do everything. It's perfect. How did that impact this last summer's paddle trip? We we didn't do it. You didn't do it. okay. <laughs> because uh, in the beginning, uh, it was not sure, not not clear that Gabi can uh, hike uh, a long distance. And so we decided to cancel it, and but we do it this year. I have had an endoscopy and I couldn't move the knee really good, so I wasn't wouldn't be able to go into the canoe and out of the canoe. So that yeah, that's an essential uh, yeah. skill uh, <laughs> ability. To go and, and, and so we went for holiday to the Baltic Sea ah. in uh, Germany. And I was, I felt so unhappy because if you compare the wilderness and the Baltic Sea, the decision would be for the wilderness. You heard it here, folks. If you're, if given the choice between the Baltic Sea and the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness, don't make a mistake. Come to the Northern Minnesota Canoe Area Wilderness, and you won't be disappointed. Straight from Gabby's mouth. And that's true. That's my feeling. Yes. So I imagine missing that trip then, you're, you know, it's probably nice to be here and to ski and to do the winter stuff, but, you know, I imagine there's some, you know, looking around and seeing the familiar places and lakes, you're probably <laughs> eager to be back uh, paddling when it's a little warmer, especially on a sub-zero day. Yeah, we yeah. will come in, in, in summer. We have all organized and uh, have spoken to um, Carl and Mike from Rockwood. Indeed, the outfitter. outfitters, and they will arrange everything for us because we i'm dreaming of doing again one trip we've done i think 10 years ago the whole way from ely back to poplar lake yes and we want to do this this uh summer the the the, the epic crossing of yeah. the boundary waters yeah. from ely to the gunflint trail yeah uh, and how long will that take you this summer? What are you planning for for a time frame for that? Are you going for speed or leisure? Um, we think about nine to ten days. That's pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we, we won't do it uh, on the most uh, southern way uh, through Isabella Lake. And then we have to do a big hike from uh to, to Kawishubi Lake and Hock uh, River, and that's 2.3 miles one way. <laughs> right, it's a big portage, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's no portage, that's, that's a road. <laughs> oh, that's the road you have yeah. to take? Yeah. Oh, that'll oh, be fun. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe one Minnesotan. We have, we have to uh, <laughs> one, one Minnesotan hear us now, and he's waiting for us at Hog Creek. Yes. And so he can uh, pull us over to to Kewishibi Rustic Campground. If you would like to uh, volunteer to shuttle these fine folks uh, this coming summer, just contact Joe at the WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. We'll get you connected. <laughs> So you've got a great trip planned, and you're recreating one from the past, it sounds like. And that's coming up this summer. But let's come back to the present. How are you spending your time? Are you, are you getting out to ski in the wilderness uh, while you're up here? Yeah, we are, we are uh, skiing at uh, Golden Eagle Lodge and uh, the Bearskin uh, area. 
and those two areas are perfect groomed and yeah when it's not so cold we do three to four hours uh, trips and that's and then we go to the sauna, and then we go to the trail center, sometimes we meet friends. And, and Gabi has to feed all the birds. Oh, the gray, feed all the birds? The grey jays, the blue jays, the chickadees. Yes. And the, this, year, this year we have seen hedges. a robin outside, one, one robin one day. A confused robin, I yeah. think, maybe. The, yeah, yeah the, the, the robins are not, not up here in that cold. Exactly. In the, in the winter time, so we've been really surprised. Yeah, uh, this robin may love the wilderness so much they won't leave either. <laughs> uh, and what I know about that, uh, that trail system is that there is a section of that trail system that actually enters into the designated wilderness area. Uh, yeah, on, on the backside of the, of the flower lake there is a portion of uh, boundary waters. One of the few places you can actually uh, ski on a trail system and, and actually enter the wilderness. It's quite unique and a really beautiful <laughs> section there too. Yes. So you're feeding the birds, which is a wonderful thing. You're skiing, you're sauning, and, and you've made it back for your 24th year. Congratulations, you two. Thank you. We want to, uh, on behalf of Joe, Chelsea, myself, and all the WTA community, we want to thank you so much for being a part of this uh, experience, especially this podcast. You know, we were just listening to the intro and hearing your voices. Every episode is such a joy, and the joy that you bring to us in the wilderness is so appreciated. So thank you so much for being here today. And thank you thank so much. Because thank we are you happy for the interview. My pleasure. If you're just tuning in live on the air on WTIP, we are here at Trail Center in um, after the start of the Gunflint Mail Run. And today I am here with Anastasia Gill. She is also a WTIP podcaster. Welcome to the podcast, Anastasia. Thank you, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really thrilled to welcome you. So I have so many questions for you because I've been listening to your podcast and it's really fun to hear your voice and finally get to meet you in person. But... So for those of uh, our listeners who, who don't know your story and your background, how did you find this place? How did you find northern Minnesota? <laughs> it's like the number one question everybody asks me when they find out I'm from Houston, Texas. Um, so I was actually working in a consulting job. So I was traveling all over the place wherever you know work took me. And I ended up in the Twin Cities. And... Um, everyone told me you have to see the boundary waters, you know, whenever I'd ask like, what's the best outdoor spot to go to, everyone said, you know, Grand Marais boundary waters, um, um, along Lake Superior. Um, and so, um, you know, I just, I took a weekend and decided that I would just kind of come up here and see what it's all about, but I was by myself. And so I obviously had to, you know, figure out who's going to take me out and into the boundary waters. And, um, and so I signed up with a local outfitter, Stone Harbor, and I was the only one who had signed up to do the canoe trip that day. And um, Frank Moe was my was my guide. And he, you know, after we spent the whole day on, uh, it was Clearwater Lake, um, we spent the whole day in the Boundary Waters. It was a beautiful sunny day. It was perfect. And we just got to talking. And he said, 
you know, you obviously hate your job. It's very stressful. <laughs> Why don't you, you know, come stay with me and Sherry and, and be our dog handler for the winter. So that's yeah, pretty Boundary Water has brought me here. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Wow. What was that? What was that first paddle like in the Boundary Waters? Had you been canoeing before? No, I, I had been kayaking before, but I'd never actually been in a canoe. And so it was completely different. But um, it was it was just I mean, it was perfect. I literally don't know how else to describe it. You know, it's a pretty great. Lake. Yeah, it was it was beautiful and it was warm and it was sunny. And um, and, you know, I it was just it was even more beautiful than people described. And so I was just so glad that I had the opportunity to, to, to come, you know, and the irony is that I wasn't really feel I was a little bit sick that time and so I was kind of like oh I don't know if I want to do this canoe thing I signed up but you know and then I, I told myself well this might be the only chance you get to come to the boundary waters so you may as well just you know do it and now it's like I'm back here and I get to live here for a few months and see it the total difference from in the winter from the summer so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just so glad I did that because <laughs> you know look what it led to it's awesome <laughs> yeah, that is awesome oh my goodness so what was that like when you were driving? You drove, I'm assuming. I did. I drove from Houston. Okay. Yeah. You drove from Houston. What was that like driving up? What were the thoughts going through your head? Well, it's kind of funny. I had like downloaded all this music and all these podcasts because I was like, oh, it's like a 24-hour drive. I'm going to be so tired and so bored. And and I just found I couldn't listen to anything. I just I turned everything off and just listened to the wheels on the road and, and just kind of I was with my own thoughts. And I mean, I just there were so many things I thought about. I was nervous. I was like, is this a mistake? Like, am I going to regret this? But, you know, mostly I, I was just excited. I was like, look, even if this doesn't last more than a few weeks at least it's something different and it got me away from this job that I knew I didn't want to do for the rest of my life and it was kind of I mean this you know it wasn't a bad job but it just wasn't for me and so it was just I kept banging my head against a wall and so I was just I just remember like the main thing was just being thankful that I you know had this opportunity to to be by myself on the road and and grow and do something different and I knew that there was this like awesome experience waiting for me at the end and so I, I didn't really rush it. I took it took me four days I like took my time and you know and and yeah I mean it was just it was like different from anything I've ever done so yeah. it was kind of nice just to have that silence to think through you know, some of my thoughts and work through my nervousness and get myself excited about it, which by the time I got here, it was like, I'm ready to go. Where are the dogs? Let's do this. Yes. So I imagine they keep you pretty busy. Um, yes. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of up and down. I mean, it's not like constantly busy throughout the day, but there's bursts of activity and, and especially before the Christmas break, um, it was like pretty intense training. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes Frank would run two teams a day. So we'd like do all the dog chores, clean up the yard and then hook up a team and he'd go out and come back a few hours later, take a break. And then we'd hook up a second dog for a night run, you know, second team. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of up and down. And so, um, it's, it's cool that I, I get to do a lot of stuff and be active, but then there's down time where I can kind of read or, you know, just do other stuff throughout the day. So, but yeah, and I I think the main difference is, you know, my job, I was an accountant before. So my job was like sitting in a chair in front of a computer, like for, you know, hours and hours a day. And this is just constantly being on your feet. And then, you know, you're dealing with the dogs and some of them are, they're, they're all strong, you know, but some of them are big. And so trying to just wrangle them to where, where they need to be. And, and, um, and that really takes a lot of energy. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just loving it so far. I've never had a job that's this physically active. So sure. it's wonderful. Oh, that is wonderful. So do you have time, um, with your, with your busy schedule working with the dogs? Um, do you have opportunities to go out into the wilderness, like go ski or ice fish or anything like that? So I haven't done that yet, but, um, I have, there have been a couple days where like just random things have come up where Frank has more help than he needs. And so he's like, Hey, you know, take it off. So I'll, you know, there was, there was one day when, um, 
a friend of Frank's was looking at a property that he wanted to buy up here. And it was like way up the gunflint, like almost to the end. And so, and of course, it, you know, it was snowed in, so we couldn't get this the, the car in. So we had to like hike all the way to the property. And it was so cool. Yeah. I mean, it was like, you know, I just, I've never, I'm from a city. So I've never been in a place where you can go somewhere and feel like you're just completely alone. There's no civilization. And, and it's, you know, I thought it would be scary, but it's actually really fun to just be like, you know what, like, you're in the middle of nowhere and it's so quiet and so peaceful. And so um, I'm hoping to have a few more things planned in the future. I'm hoping to go hiking this week um, and explore a little bit more on the gunflint. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's been times here and there where I kind of just get to get a day off to sort of do my thing and explore a little bit. And, oh, an and adventure. yeah, and, and I'm, you know, like winter is completely different for me, like this kind of winter. So like every time I, I do go out and explore, it's like, whoa, like this is so cool. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, pretty new. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that people like embrace winter up here, you know, in Houston, when it's like in the forties, people are just like, oh, I don't want to go outside. It's too cold. But yeah. here it's like, you know, you have to just get out and enjoy it. And I love watching people get excited for the winter. So yeah. it's, it's pretty special for sure. Uh, did you grow up in Houston? No, actually, um, I've been in Houston. I lived in Houston for about 15 years. But before that, my dad was um, an engineer in the oil and gas business. So I actually grew up in the Middle East. Okay. Um, and then they transferred him to Houston um, 2006, I think. So gotcha. uh, I didn't grow up there, but I've been there for a long time. So yeah. it's home at this point. So this is pretty, pretty new for you. Absolutely. I've lived in Saudi Arabia and I've lived in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> so this is completely different. Oh, well, I grew up, I was born in Arizona. So I will never forget that first first winter the first in snowfall especially yep. when you're just like oh this is magical and everyone's like oh i gotta dig out my car and yeah. i'm just like staring at the snow like it's so beautiful it's so beautiful yes <laughs> oh my goodness wow so do you have any canoe trips planned for the summer you know i'm I, the mushing season ends in you know march so i'm assuming by end, middle of march end of march i'll be back home in Houston. Okay. Um, but you know, I would love to come back in the summer and spend more time here. And Heck yeah. you know, Frank and Sherry are like, anytime you want to come back, just come visit. So I, I'm kind of hoping that I can convince Frank <laughs> in the summer when the things with the dogs calm down, um, to take me out for a little bit of a canoe trip and, you know, maybe recreate our first, <laughs> first encounter and yeah, touch just hang out that. and yeah, yeah. And maybe even just explore more of the boundary waters. Cause I like Clearwater Lake obviously is just on the edge. So we didn't go very far into it, but I'd right. love to maybe do like a camping trip in the summer yeah. or just spend a little more time out there. Maybe learn how to portage. Cause I'm, you know, yeah, <laughs> not quite yeah. sure how to do that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, when you come up, I would love to go paddling with you. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Let's yes. Go. Count me in. It's okay. a plan. Yeah. All okay. right. It's a deal. <laughs> so I want to ask you about you just had a really cool interview that was published in the Houston Chronicle. Yes. Um, I read that and I was so impressed Thank because you. that's a big paper. <laughs> Thank you. You know, yeah. and it talks about WTIP. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so what was that like? Did you, um, what was the process like for being interviewed for that? So paper? it was super unexpected. I actually, um, Joe Friedrichs called me one day and he was like, Hey, I probably should have asked you first, but I called the Houston <laughs> Chronicle and reached out to them and told them about you and they want to talk to you. And so, um, yeah, a reporter from Houston called me and said, um, and said, you know, Hey, like talk to me more about this. And she, she asked a lot of the same questions that, you know, most people do. And, but the cool thing is like, I hadn't actually told a lot of people in Houston about the podcast. Sure. Like I kind of just, it was one of those things where it just kind of, you know, so much was going on. And so 
And so like, I'm getting a lot of messages from people in Houston saying like, oh my gosh, like I didn't know you had a podcast. Like, I, yeah. you know, and so, and so that part's really cool. Cause I'm like, well, I guess, you know, the news is out now, but um, yeah, my parents went out and bought like a bunch of copies, All like the, the, copies. the print edition. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, you know, so yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. It was totally unexpected. And, and um, I mean, it's just, it's so cool. Cause I feel like it's two different worlds that mm-hmm. kind of got to meet a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so, and now some of my friends like that I am not able to keep in touch with all the time because we're so busy like they know a little bit more about what I do and yeah and so um yeah I mean and it was it was actually hilarious because you know I knew that the article was coming out on like Thursday Friday I wasn't sure what time and then I got a text from a friend like first thing in the morning with a link to it and, and I was like oh I guess it's out and then Joe's email <laughs> came like a couple of minutes later like the article's out I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I heard apparently people in Houston are reading it so, yeah so it was pretty pretty awesome like definitely did not think any of this would be happening to me yeah. so super exciting I'm so excited for you <laughs> thank Anastasia. you oh my goodness thank That's, you that is so if you you look back on what your life is like now here in northern Minnesota mm-hmm. in the wintertime compared to last winter what would you say will be one word to describe like the feeling of that oh gosh um I would say magical I mean because actually last winter I was spending it um January February I was in the Twin Cities was starting work on this project and um, I mean of course back then you know seeing the snow for the first time getting off the plane and being like whoa like (laughs) you know that was like pretty awesome but but just out here and I think a lot of people you know, they, everybody says there's something magical about this place. I mean, how do you come here and not want to spend more time here, you know? And so, yeah, I, I just, magical is just how I feel about it. And I'm like looking over this lake where the mushers just took off from, like, I mean, holy cow, is this beautiful or what? Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, it's just stunningly beautiful here. And I'm, I'm just so, I feel so lucky to be able to do this. Oh, so, yeah. so happy for you. So, um, we are going to wrap things up here, but just final question. Um, what would you say to some of your friends in Houston who, uh, you know, have never been up here? Maybe you've never even heard of Grammar Ray. What would you say to uh, get them excited about coming up here? I would say that we have plenty of clothes for you, so don't be scared of the cold. <laughs> we have plenty of hand warmers, <laughs> and there's tons to do here that we don't have in Houston. So if you want to do outdoorsy stuff, come visit me, and I will take you around. We'll go ice fishing, anything you want. And of course, there's 40 dogs. So, you know, (laughs) that should be enough of a draw. (laughs) Yes. Huge draw. (laughs) So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. This has been awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing your next episode. Yeah. And paddling this summer. (laughs) Yes. Heck (laughs) yeah. Okay. here at Poplar Lake. Poplar Lake. Joe Fredericks here. Boundary Waters Podcast live. WTIP Boundary Waters Podcast. Anastasia Gill. Chelsea, that was uh, fantastic to get to learn a little more about Anastasia. Yeah, what a cool girl. And she, cool gal. Yeah, and she, cool gal from Texas, as her podcast is called, uh, Cold Toes, Sled Dogs, Cold Toes, and a gal from Texas. And um, just a whole scene going on around that concept up here today at Poplar uh, with the Gunflint Mail Run, of course, the 2020 Gunflint Mail Run. Chelsea, we were looking at the temperature in Matthew's vehicle driving up here. I think it bottomed out at, what, 20 below zero? I want to say 20 below. Yeah. Okay. So it's now maybe uh, I'm in here in a sort of a a shed, I guess you would describe this. Uh, There's life. It's like uh, maybe the trail center paddle and life jacket shed. Yeah. Yeah. Where all our equipment is. And you're 
out in the world out there, <laughs> staying warm as best you can. But what's it, maybe now 10 below, would you guess, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's warmed up a little bit since this morning, <laughs> since the sun came up, but it's still cold, you know, yeah. the cold toes are going. And so uh, I think it's definitely worth it talking a little bit more about uh, what we witnessed, because it's my understanding this was your first experience with a sled dog race, you know, seeing it live in front of you and and it can be pretty intense at, at moments. I mean, it's a beautiful scene and the dogs and just the, the atmosphere of the culture. But there's some moments of, of, you know, things are happening in a pretty intense way. Or, yeah. or what was your experience? Oh, man. I love seeing how excited and happy the dogs were. They were just, like, thrilled to be running. They That was really cool to see. And I think the thing that I'm going to remember most is watching somebody, somebody, like, I don't know what happened, but he got, like, ran over and, like, mm-hmm. drugged by the team. Man, they're pretty strong. So the dogs come from maybe Hungry Jack Road where they're parked with their vehicles where there's kind of a base of operations, if you will. Sure. And then they are coming down to Pass Trail Center. They come onto the Gunflint Trail, come down toward Poplar where there's, there's a starting line. Mm-hmm. But in that transition, so the dogs now are moving. And then the idea is the handlers and others kind of want to make a stop. It's more of an official start. People, the spectators, get to see them. It's sort of, okay, now you go. But it's that transition where the dogs are moving and then have to stop. Have to where, stop. Where people, yeah, they don't want to stop. No. And that's where people sometimes, as you witnessed, get dragged a little bit by the sleds. But uh, everybody was okay. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's wearing so many layers. You kind of <laughs> can take a little bit of, of a beating like that. So, um, but, yeah, quite just such a scene. And now... To think about, Chelsea, how, you know, maybe an hour ago, there were so many people here at the starting line moving. It's just this, you know, frantic kind of a scene. And now the mushers are all out there Mm -hmm. in the wilderness, right along the edge of the Boundary Waters. And we're here in the calm, and then they'll be coming back to Poplar. So this is, it's just such a unique thing. And you and I uh, were talking about that amongst ourselves as we were walking around earlier, like how unique this is what we're seeing here right. uh that's you know a lot of our listeners we know are in you know minneapolis and and st paul chicago madison who listen to the podcast uh and that this would just this is just something else so uh, so <laughs> foreign where you know we are a little more accustomed to it at for you and i or, or people certainly that live in cook county in the gunflin trail area so uh but it's certainly unique and special all the same and uh, just just a beautiful day up here, despite the cold, or or perhaps in because of the cold. Yeah, it the, lends itself to this atmosphere, <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to be back here. We're we're of course live on the air here at WTIP today. It's an episode of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast, and uh, we're cruising along here, and we are going to be back here in just a moment. Welcome back to the live broadcast of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast at the Gunflint Trail, Gunflint Mail Run. Uh, we are enjoying the experience today and loving all the interesting people we're getting to talk to. Uh, and for those of you who have been tuning in and following the podcast, if you think back to our first year, uh, I believe uh, episode... 14, you uh, heard a couple of voices talking about a heroin uh, expedition in Canada's Quetico Provincial Park. Uh, and we're joined uh, by one of those individuals here today who happens to be uh, 
volunteering as a handler for the race. Jake, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Matthew. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you. Uh, can you briefly introduce uh, yourself to those who didn't get to meet you before on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, um, my name's Jake. I have been around Graham Ray and Cook County for the better part of the last decade. Um, in the summers, I dabble in the canoe world. In the winters, I dabble in the dog mushing world. So try to get the best out of what the seasons have to offer up here. And there's certainly a lot. Uh, I know we nabbed you up in a moment of calm here on an otherwise very busy day for you. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about your role in uh, preparing for this race uh, with your crew and what you're doing today? Um, Well, long term, the, the, the prep for this race started in September with the training of dogs and starting to get miles on them and um, get their endurance built up so they can run races of this duration. Um, but short term um, for the race today, it kind of started around 4.30 this morning and it was dropping dogs, um, getting them out of the truck and their legs stretched a little bit, try to get a warm meal in them, get their appetite stimulated, um, and then we put them back in the truck for a couple hours, um, let them rest a little bit, and then about an hour before the race, we take them back out and start yeah, kind of looking them over, massaging them, playing with them, getting them excited, uh, maybe getting another little snack, quick water into them, and then booties, harnesses, and away they go. So really, the, the star athletes of this race are the dogs. Oh, they're, they're, they're the muscle. We're just, we're just along for the ride. Indeed, and you've spent quite a bit of time with the dogs uh, in your team that you brought out here today. Uh, how well do you feel like you know the dogs that you get to work with? Um, more than I know just about any humans in the world. <laughs> uh, would you say that they're all a bit unique? I mean, do you get to know their individual personalities, or, or are there just too many to keep up with? Oh, I mean, we have, I think, Oh, right around 70 dogs at the kennel and I can be sitting in my house at night and know which dog is barking or which dog is howling and you just kind of recognize their voices and you know you can pick up who they are and also when you're out in the yard like I know that when I let dogs out to free run that Norsk is going to be the first dog to come up and give me a big hug and <laughs> Nick Cage is going to roll over on his back and look, ask for a belly rub and they all kind of have their little quirks and little personalities and they're all unique in that way. Yeah, you've got the social ones and the ones that want to be left alone and the ones that just want to run. Oh, for sure, yes. Uh, especially Skull. Skull Skull in my relationship is very twisted. His heart tells him that uh, he likes me, but his brain is scared of me. So if he'll bark at me nonstop, but then when I'm taking like his booties off him, he starts licking my face. And then when we're done, he starts barking at me again. That sounds like some humans I know, to be <laughs> completely honest. <laughs> Far too much. Uh-huh. Yeah, so for the dogs that you, uh, your crew has selected to be at the race today, what, sort of, what are some of the considerations? Uh, you know, when, with a race that's this cold into the wilderness, do you think about the specific dogs that you choose? Um, well, for the fir- first off, I guess, we're mostly a Siberian kennel, and we have like 14 Alaskan Huskies that are with us this year that we're training up. Um, almost all the Alaskans are just two-year-olds, so we just took out kind of a puppy team here today. This is their first race that ever ran. Um, so that's why this team is here, just to try to get that prep under them, try to get, let them figure out what racing is like, just so then we go to Bear Grease, UP200, Hudson Bay Quest. They have a little bit of experience. Um, and then considering the cold this morning, uh, we have two thinner-coated dogs, so they both got jackets on just to keep them a little bit warmer. 
Um, everybody's getting booties just to protect their feet from the cold this morning. Um, I guess things like that. That makes sense. You know, Jake, you're a handler today, and I know you've done some of your own racing, some quite uh, quite long races up in Canada, up the Hudson Bay Classic, I believe, um, where you have hazards including polar bears and, and all those sorts of things. What's it like to do a be a part of a race here on the edge of the Boundary Waters in your own backyard. Does that feel at all different to you? Um, I've done about probably 10 different races, I guess, throughout Alaska, Minnesota, Michigan, and Canada, and the Gunflow Mountain is one of my top races. Um, Sarah is amazing here at Trail Center. There is no better person to have behind like the mushers and putting on like a mushing event because she does such an incredible job. And this race just really is like a nice little central point for so many good musher folks. Um, there's such a nice community up here, and it seems like everybody comes out pretty strong for this event, and it's it's really wonderful to see. And it's just beautiful country. It's a blast of a race to run. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is our home country. Jake, do you, since you spend so much time in the wilderness, both summer and winter, is there a big crossover between the folks that you see out here and the folks that you see paddling in, in the summertime? Um... I guess you see the winter folks year-round, but you see them in denser populations in the wintertime than you do in the summer. And <laughs> in the summer, we get a little thinned up by some other folks as well. But Right. Yeah, the, the locals are always around. I was ready to dip a paddle in when the water's clear and uh, head out on a sled when it's frozen. Of course, of course. Well, Jake, I want to thank you for talking with us today, and a big thanks to you for being out here, uh, giving your time uh, to our community. And... Uh, you're always welcome here on the podcast uh, with us in the station, and um, good luck today with your team. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. And thank you to everybody for putting this podcast on. It's wonderful. Ed, this is the Boundary Waters podcast, uh, and Chelsea and Matthew and myself, Joe Fredericks, are up here today. What do you say we head out to the Boundary Waters when we leave here? What do, what do you guys think about that for a plan? I am in no way surprised that you have a very specific activity on your mind at this moment, Joe. Oh, uh, well, what do you want to do when we get out there? Uh, Chelsea, do you even think we have a choice in the matter? Um, I'm thinking it's fishing. Really? That's a great idea. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'll take credit for it. Uh, I was wondering why you threw two sleds, an ice house, and a bunch of tip-ups into the back of my truck this morning when I picked you up. Yeah, um, you know, they just kind of travel with me this time of year, I guess. So, uh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. We'll head out actually into the Boundary Waters uh, Wilderness, which is the only part uh, for lake trout, at least, uh, that's open for fishing right now. Uh, lake trout season starts a week from today for lakes in this part of the state that are outside the wilderness that you might think of seagull or uh, Gunflint or Loon or some of these other lakes that are not uh, entirely in the wilderness. But today, uh, we will venture into the wilderness. We won't be necessarily naming any specific lakes. Right. Don't, don't say it. It's I. Uh, <laughs> Farkle Lake. Yeah. Uh, Fishing's great in Fishing's great on Farkle. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, that's a you know it's a it's a pretty popular lake. But we're excited to get in there. We're going to spend the day uh, in the wilderness today and uh, maybe check back in with the mushing scene here later this afternoon on our on our way home. But uh, it's a been a great time up here. It's our first live boundary waters podcast episode and that the, we've done and it's the first time that the the dream team the trio has all been together on the air 
How's it been for you, Chelsea? Oh, it's been super fun. It's nice to have both of you guys here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we are uh, heading to, now that season three is now officially uh, out of the gates here, underway, we've got some great things lined up for 2020. Uh, The three of us will be over in Madison, Wisconsin for Canoe Copia. That's coming up in March. Yeah, so we've got uh, a lot of things planned. And, of course, uh, you know, we'll probably be out paddling and and doing some other things uh, here this year, too. But I don't think we'll be paddling anytime soon. Well, yeah, but we'll we'll be having some fun, you know, in Canoe Copia. As you said last year, Matthew, I think you said that so well. Like, that was that nice. It, maybe you and Darren Bush, when you were talking with him, like, it's that perfect transition out Indeed. of winter to get you ready. So, Well, thank you so much for joining us today on this live special episode of the WTIB Boundary Wars podcast at the Gunflint Trail. Chelsea, thanks for making the trek back to your home uh, on the edge of the wilderness up here in northern Minnesota. It's been great to have you. Thanks, Matthew. It's so good to be here. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody uh, for listening. Thank you earlier for uh, CJ and Matthew Brown for being live on the air here at the Gunflint Mail Run. And that's where we are right now as well. Uh, just transitioning as the mushers are out there. It's a beautiful day at the Gunflint and a beautiful start to season three here on the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. So we are here live. Joe Fredericks. Matthew Baxley. Chelsea Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>